Welcome back to Uncorked, another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I have a special boomerang episode for you today. This is Dr. Rizelle, and she is now more than just Dr. Rizelle and all things we spoke about before. She is now an author, and I had the sweet privilege of reading the digital copy of her book before it hit print, and it rocked my heart and soul. It rocked my heart and soul from beginning to end. I picked it up at, at different places, different chapters. I reread chapters over and over again. And she sent this with some hesitation to say, I'm going to expose myself as a leader and parts of my story that not everyone knows about me in the professional setting. And I thought, gosh, how many parts of our stories do people not know about us in the quote unquote professional setting? And how often are we keeping parts of our lives in certain compartments where they may feel safe, where we may feel shame, where we may not want to be judged for what happened at different decades of our lives. I'm so grateful that this woman was brave enough to put this story to print. There are so many pieces of the conversation and of her book that I think will really resonate with you. And the end of the podcast, we talk about the journey that it took to get this book into print. And I think that is just the most perfect way to wrap 2023 in a bow with the courage to do something for yourself that really is a huge ripple, a tsunami, in fact, for all of us. So with this, I bring on Dr. Rizelle for a Boomerang 2023 guest, and I hope you enjoy. Well, my friend, welcome back to the pod. You are a very special one because you are among only a few Boomerang podcast guests, and I am really thrilled that we have the chance to hit record again together. Oh, I am honored, honored to be a boomerang here. And thank you for creating space for us to have this conversation. I'm so humbled and also excited for what's to come. Yes. I mean, we jumped on and I wanted to ask you so many other questions and I thought, no, I need to hit record. So I capture them the first time over. So we are here to celebrate a new promotion for you, and it's called The Promotion of Being a Published Author. And how does it feel for your first book to be published and to be out in the world, my friend? Oh, I don't know that the word surreal captures truly what it feels like to have this piece of my beating heart out in the world. Before, you know, the, the day before it, it launched, I experienced this huge wave of anxiety of there's this piece of me that now I have no jurisdiction over. It is out of my control and I've released it into the world. And I had to kind of ground myself by remembering that, you know, our stories always exist in other people's heads in the version that they received it in at the time in their lives that they received it in. And so often for, for people who write out in the world, there's as many versions of us as there are readers of our stories. And I kind of had to just release that my story is no longer my own and, um, be honored by the fact that it now lives with other people. I love the phrase, and I've said this often, that we live as long as the last person who remembers our stories. And so if if nothing else, I hope that what I've contributed to the world is these stories living longer than just my physical mm. footprint on the earth. Oh, bless. Okay, we dove right in, and I know that I introed you before we hit record, yet one of the core values at the Corker Co. is that and is the future, and really is the way. And 
and to that you are so many things and now we are celebrating you as an author and so i want to just take a beat and say can you tell us about your ands and what it means to have this new and of author oh i am a lot of ands i think uh i you know in my in my professional life i work within the landscape of inclusion reconciliation leadership uh inclusivity in a systemic way um making strategic you know bets on how we can shape a future that mm-hmm. is more inclusive uh than the than the past we've perhaps had and so uh my professional landscape is in and of itself quite uh multitudinal and hyphenated i come from an academic background i'm an ethnographic researcher by training and so you know that certainly adds adds a, a complex component there and then you layer on the the addition now of author published author in some mysterious way my core value which is one of congruence all of these things align i think my uh, ability to be intensely curious as a student of life and then also to be intensely invested in good relationships and connection with other human beings it comes it comes to fruition in this new and of my journey as well that as an author i am both a student of my experience having re-experienced so much of it through the journey of writing it but then also perhaps a contributor to to knowledge and the connections and relationships that i developed through it and so um through through the multi hyphenates i think author adds on both a meaningful and as well as perhaps an echo just in a different form mm. i had to ask that question and i'm so grateful of course for your hyphenated answers because i'm realizing that as we come to the end of 2023 we've had several authors we had dan on the podcast who spoke about being in the world of copy and and what does it mean to be self published we had a vancouver ceo who has been working with home care at home and and wrote a book about her more professional journey and you in such a personal memoir kind of way that may i say has nothing to do with your professional life um your boss did not sit you down and say this would be really great for our business if you wrote a book and uh you know nobody said um we would like you know this to show up on your performance review um this would be a really great stretch project for you this was called you and yourself committing to sharing a story of self with the world and so i want to celebrate that i want to honor that and i want to start there and say what did it take for you to sit with your story and your journal and your many languages what did it take for that to start what did it take to begin the journey of the book there's a long and a short answer and i'll keep it short so that you know we can get to other meaty questions as well but this one is perhaps at the heart of my why and i think maybe 20 years ago when i first signed up for a gmail account right so gmail was becoming a thing I, i i think i had to be invited in by a friend because everybody got four invitations and that's how gmail was growing and i got my first gmail account about 20 years ago and i started a folder that i called dreams and the first thing i put in that folder was i want to write a book and i 
you know, reached out to a publisher of some sort. And at the time in the early 2000s, I was blogging anonymously, you know, on the World Wide Web in its, you know, wild early days. And uh, I love writing and I love expressing myself through story. I think story is the great unifier of our humanity with one another. And so being an author, putting something of impact out into the world has been part of a dream for a really long time. And about a year ago, actually exactly a year ago this week, it felt like those stories were kind of at the surface in a way that I hadn't felt them in a really long time. And I thought, I think I need to do this, not when I have time, not when my job allows me space, not when I have a sabbatical or a year off or in retirement. And what is it going to take to make that space for something that I feel compelled to put out. And what it took was a commitment to myself. So it meant early mornings, it meant late nights, it meant, you know, really committing to something to your point that didn't show up on a performance review, didn't show up in in a work landscape. In fact, most of my colleagues don't know about the book or didn't know about the book until it kind of, you know, um, became a thing out in the world. But I think it was turning inwards and honoring something that my heart had been trying to say for a really long time. And what it also took was glaring honesty about the fact that while my book doesn't deal with my professional landscape, inclusion is nowhere sort of in the book as a, this is what you do, this is how you do it. But I've often said through my career that in order for us to make change outwards systemically, we have to be willing to go inwards. And so in some ways, the book is less a tell and very much more a show. Like this is where I'm rooted. This is who I am and where I'm coming from. And I think the more that we sit with our stories, the more that we sit with one another's stories, the more we are then compelled to change the systems that impact us in meaningful ways. So the book's not rooted in my profession, but certainly because my work landscape is as much purpose and value driven as the creation of this book, I do believe that there is a line between the two of them. Mm. I appreciate that share so much because again, at the end of the year, when we look back and say, where was I a year ago? And where did I get in my own way? Where did I wait for a sabbatical? Where did I not? And what was I up for creating? And that's enormous. And uh, of course, there's so much of your book that I think every leader needs to read. I think there is something about a memoir that, you know, dare I say, beats out any business book because there is no um, telling us. It is about showing us. And oh gosh, it can go in so many directions. I don't want to spoil the book. And yet I do want to spoil enough that says, you need to pick up this book. If you're listening to this podcast, it's a book you need to pick up. And I purposely brought my Tim Hortons mug to this podcast. I am a raving fan of Tim Hortons because to me, Tim Hortons from more than 20 years ago, arguably 40 years ago, is quintessentially Canadian. And there is a part of your journey. And of course, the last chapter of coming home to Canada and what that means. And I just want to ask what it means to you to feel what it means to you to be and to identify as a Canadian. Can I ask that question? Is that yes. the right question? Okay. It, I, you know, I, I don't know that I, you know, it's so interesting because right beside me here is an old printed out version of an old blog that I used to write. And on the day that I got my Canadian citizenship, and this was 
20 years ago at this point. But I wrote this very cryptic blog because I didn't want my readership to know that that's the thing I went to do because I was so ashamed of the fact that so many of my peers had been born and raised in Canada. And there was this sort of mark of otherness on me and my record that I had to earn. I had to sit for this test. I had to learn. I had to choose this country. And I was filled with shame to tell that to people. I didn't tell my friends. I didn't do anything about it. I just went, I swore the oath, I took the test, you know, and I, and I went back to class. And what has changed over that, those two decades for me is that I no longer feel shame about my before. And that has allowed me to experience true pride about my after. And what I mean by that is that being Canadian for me no longer comes at the expense of honoring that I am from India, that I was born and raised there, that there are parts of me that will be indelibly marked by who that person was when she arrived here at 13. And my expression of my Canadianness, you know, stained with the turmeric orange of being Indian is just as Canadian and just as valuable and just as proud to stand and honor that I'm living on land beside the original stewards to build those relational partnerships, to know that my duty of care to this country and this land as a guest on it is perhaps more meaningful because I have now chosen it to be my own. So special. So, so special. I'm hitting the pause button on this sweet episode to tell you about something that you might like. Our newsletter, we call it The Corkboard. It has all things juicy, whether you are looking to keep in touch between episodes or find out more about our coaching, development, or hot new jobs that we're working on. The link is in our show notes. Your inbox is sacred and your time is too. So now let's get back to the episode. No, I want to know from you what your intention of the book was more so and we're only we're recording this less than a week of the book being out in the world and so in celebrating it's only been a week when you think of I'm writing this book for this intention and a week later I feel like you've already surpassed that can you tell us a little bit about that yes uh you know you know knowing who I am Steph um you will not be surprised to know that the very first thing I did when I thought about, oh, I think I might want to write a book, was I wrote down my why. I'm a firm believer that if you do what you need to do with the end in mind, you will achieve that end, regardless of what that journey kind of takes you, whether it's what you planned, whether it's unexpected. And so I wrote down my why, and my why had two parts. And the first part of my why was, I want to bear witness to the parts of my story that have not always seen the sunlight. That there are so many components to who I am that don't get told or don't get um, shared. And part of that is because, you know, time and place, and it's not always, uh, you know, particularly appropriate or meaningful. But I also think that so much of that comes from this place of, especially as you grow in your leadership, in your professional journey, there is this desire to curate away parts of yourself that might muddy those waters that your leadership might not be as perfect or might not be as pristine because you are vulnerable because you come with wounds because you come with a journey that is circuitous rather than linear and so I wanted to bear witness to my own journey 
But my second part of my why in creating this book was so that my stories could bear witness to the parts of other people's journeys that I know will find echo, even though the particularities might not be the same, and sometimes they may. But we are conditioned as a society to hold shame over the things that are heavier. And I wanted people to be seen through my stories. And, you know, I I actually experienced this um, in the advanced readership. So I, you know, sent my book out, the manuscript out to a set of advanced readers, some who'd known me, you know, for decades, some who just met me a few, few years ago. And every single one of them came back with the feedback of, holy smokes, Roselle, I didn't expect that this one story of yours just clicked something for what I've gone through. And there are people who are different from me, different lived experiences, different stripes of identity. And every single time they came back with that identical version of feedback, I thought, holy smokes, I think I think I got the second part accomplished. I think I've done what I think I wanted to set out to do with, with bearing witness to other people's lives. Yeah. Oh, there's so much in that. I just want to reiterate back, especially for our listeners, the power of starting with your why and realizing that your why doesn't need to come at the finish line. So what I just heard was that there was advanced readership and the, you know, the book was written when you're sending it out to advanced readers, it's it's pretty baked and you didn't write a book only for an advanced readership to read. You, you published a book to, to hit all of your beautiful strangers in the world that you didn't know were friends yet. And that is so powerful to remember that when you are clear on your why and you release the time frame, your why may come true on a time frame you just you just didn't know um, possible. I, I really I feel that. I want you to know that reading your book, so spoiler, I did receive a copy before. It was in print. And in that copy, I read your last chapter first. And I read the last chapter because I was like, what am I getting myself into? What is this? And then I started with the first chapter. And within 24 hours, I had read the book start to finish, bawling my eyes out, reading chapters over again, failing to remember where I was just because I really wanted to read that chapter one more time and pretend it was like the first time. And you were able to put a magnifying glass to your life in a way that felt so true. There was no question of the integrity of your word. And I couldn't help but think who else has experienced life in any other way or shape that I just would have had no idea. And we paint these stories of people a certain way. And I'm from Toronto and hearing some of your stories from Toronto where there is a beautiful collection of humans from everywhere. And even your sharing of what it meant to go home to India one holiday. Golly, I just, it really, it really struck my heart. It really made me pause and consider who else and who else with all love and respect hasn't been brave enough to write their story and how brave of you to be the one to share. Hmm. So I just wanted to make sure that my 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 reading experience was here for the record for our listeners to know that the book yeah I mean you can pick it up anywhere just start at the beginning and read a few chapters a few times over and 
there's one person that I, you know, you meet at the end, but you meet sooner than the end, and that is your partner. Mm-hmm. And so I was wondering if we could touch on what it meant to bring your partner along for this journey, because he really is p- quite, quite a beautiful red thread in your story here in Canada. Yeah. So, so Dustin, Dustin is my partner and he is the only character I think in the book. Uh, I, I asked his permission and I said, what do you, what name would you like in the book? Everybody else has a pseudonym because, you know, I want to honor their privacy. They didn't sign up for this uh, wild journey. Um, and he said, I said, I could give you a pseudonym. I could give you an initial, I could just anonymize the whole thing. And he said, I'll, I'll just be Dustin. And what an honor, first of all, can I just say, that was because if you know Dustin, if you know my partner, he is one of the most private people ever. He has no social media. He has the most sort of generic name to, if you Google it, you are not going to find the particular him. And so the fact that he, you know, would gift me with the honor of his name within the story was just powerful there. But also the fact that he had been with me through this story, been with me through the living of it, been with me through the healing from some of the wounds that are, you know, part of my own journey and had contributed in a, in not in a, not in a, he rode in to fix things kind of way, but in a, I'm going to stand with you alongside you, powerfully witnessing you as you evolve as you change and contribute to that evolution and to that change. What a, what a, an incredible gift as one human being to another. Um, And, you know, we, we talk about relationships and we talk about partnerships as if they are the, the panacea to everything that we might experience in life that, you know, you're going to have this one partner that we're told are, you know, our our grand stories and our fairy tales tell us you're going to have this one partner and they're going to complete you, or they're going to save you from the things that haunt you. And I think what Dustin did for me, and I think what so many of the other people who I've I've talked about in the book did for me is less about them saving me and more about them standing with me as I grew into the person that I have become and into the person that I will become so that our stories are less unidimensional and more interwoven. And, you know, Dustin and I were, were eating dinner last night and we were talking about this. And he said, isn't it fascinating that in your book, I'm this character that's almost sort of, I, I exist as part of the fabric of the story, but his stories, his journeys are not part of it because they don't need to be. But his stories have just as much depth to them and they now include me and his life. And so part of that is him having, you know, been born and raised in Canada, being a a white cis heterosexual man, having view into a world that he might not never, you know, have personally, but being willing to take that leap to being willing to say, I'm going to hold your hand, let's go to India together. I'm going to hold your hand, let's talk about things I don't understand. I'm going to take this leap to reflect back at you what your journey seems like from my vantage point or my my angle and to have that willingness you know in my most intimate relationship but in any relationship that is close to my inner circle to have that willingness to say I might not know all of the steps you have taken but I believe 
in the value that those steps have brought to your life. And I believe in the value that they have brought to our life. And that is just, yeah, it's just a profound uh, opportunity to see my life through the eyes of somebody that I love and trust just so much. It's so, it's so special. And to hear that. And now if you go and read the book, it will just really tie a bow in, in so many sweet ways. I know that to be true. So I'm going to go against my myself or my grain because in celebration of something so huge, the question is never, so what's next? It's we're here to celebrate, but I can't help but ask. I want to know. I'm like, okay, so it's 2023. We're looking forward to 2024. You have a book, you're going to be on the road. And yet when something like this happens, undeniably you have broken open and you've become, I want to say more and bigger and you're more exposed. And how does it feel to go into a new year? And is there anything of the new year that you're up for sharing? And you can completely avoid this because (laughs) I'm the one that says you should never ask what's next. And for you, my friend, it's too inspiring not to. Uh, What's next? That is, you know, I haven't, that's, that's not true. If I said that I haven't given that any thought because I tend to plan plan ahead, but um, I have this pattern where I move from big, hairy, audacious goal to big, hairy, audacious goal. But over the last, say, 10 years or so, I've oscillated between a mental goal or a, or a mm. brain-related goal and then a body-related goal. I'm a firm believer in sort of keeping both of those um, muscles uh, well tuned. And so, you know, about 10 years ago, when I earned my doctorate, I had just come off of five years of the all of the research that went into that. And I, you know, put the the dissertation together It was 400 pages, it was a, a slog, it was a, a mountain to climb. And at the end of that, I thought, okay, I need another goal, I need something that I'm going to put towards. And so I focused on health and physical wellness and getting myself into kind of the best shape of my life and all of those things. And that was fantastic. And then I, you know, moved into a, a career space where I developed a career. And then I moved in back into sort of this brain space where I put this book out into the world. And next year, in just about actually exactly 12 months, because my birthday's in 12, 12 in November. Next year I turned 40. And my goal ahead of 40 was to train for a full marathon. And so my goal for 2024 is to actually challenge my body space and learn about my body so that my brain has the opportunity to relax and process this year, the 2023 year, which has been all about sort of putting out words and putting out a book and all of this sort of cognitive energy, which will, which I hope to be able to balance out one, one foot ahead of the next uh, in 2024. Uh, Amazing. I feel honored to hear this goal. I feel honored to hear this goal on record. You might be a boomerang three times over because I'm going to need to know how it feels either the start line or the finish line of this one. Do you have a start line in mind? Is there a particular marathon that tickles your fancy? Uh, Because I am a sucker for poetry. I think that I will return to the place that kind of grew me up. And I think the Toronto Waterfront Marathon Mm. um, in the fall is where where I'm going to be. A sucker for poetry. I will run my first marathon in Toronto. (laughs) I thought for sure it was like Paris or something, (laughs) something beautiful, but Toronto. (laughs) Got it. That is beauty. That is beauty. Oh, well, my friend, we wrap every podcast with one final question. 
And before the final question, I want to know, is there a question that I didn't ask you that you would like to answer? Or is there something you'd like our readers to know about the experience of picking up your book that I perhaps was not smart enough mm. to ask you? Oh, you are, you are brilliant stuff. Um, what I would maybe leave readers with, because we live in this social media highlight reel comparison world where our highlight reels are left on a grid for everybody else to compare themselves to. And I think you used this phrase earlier about, you know, other people being brave enough to put their stories into the world. And I will acknowledge that I don't know that I was brave so much as I have experienced safety to be able mm. to be brave. And so what I would wish for your, your listeners or readers of the book is that if reading the story opens up a tiny moment of safety, even if it's just to your own self, even if it's just to your closest person in the world, our stories matter. It is powerful for us to be able to democratize storytelling, to be able to sit and bear witness to one, other, one another's lives. And so I'm, I'm empowered by having released this to recognize that authors are not the only people that own stories, that our stories are owned by us, and we get to then choose the moments of safety and braveness for us to tell those stories to one another. And so truly, I would say, readers, um, listeners, I hope that the book acts as an entry point and an invitation for you to listen to your own story. You sweet, sweet soul. Thank you. I will take you up on that invitation. And I will wrap the podcast with our final favorite question, which is, will you tell me what is making your heart beat faster? <sighs> so much. And and I pause because the the well of emotion is a bit, is a bit um, overwhelmed at the moment. But what I will say is I didn't get into writing a book for the sort of accolades of it or the awards of it or any of that. And I kind of kept it hush hush. And for a very long time, I... Uh, called it, oh, it's just my little book project, right? Because I, I didn't really want to honor that it was a, in fact a book. But two things are are making my heart beat faster. One is that um, since it launched uh, less than a week ago, it has hit uh, a number of number one spots on Amazon bestseller lists. And the most meaningful, I think, spot for me was that it has continued to hold the number one spot day after day for the better part of this week, particularly in the biographies of immigrants and emigrants category. And I just want to honor that that 13-year-old girl who kind of didn't know what she was leaving or losing or gaining or coming to would not have anticipated that, that ability to tell her story. And so I, wa I want to honor that my heart beats fast at that. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that's making my heart beat fast is that I'm experiencing people finding the book and reaching out in ways that had perhaps previously experienced rupture and mm -hmm. relationships that had perhaps previously experienced, um, uh, you know, lack of, but are now experiencing perhaps an invitation to, for reconnection or rebuild. And I think what a powerful powerful conduit for me to have allowed myself vulnerability to now then create the gift of reciprocity from people in my life. Mm -hmm. Well, what I just heard in that is you are the bridge 
and mm. you are a bridge from India to Canada. You're a bridge from lack and let's say like fracture to what it means to come together. And you are my favorite. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right back at you. Thank you, Steph. And you know what makes my heart beat faster? The fact that I get to share with you that this podcast is brought to you in partnership with More Good Media. Our friends over at More Good Media are spreading the good word, one conversation, one podcast at a time. So thanks so much for your support. We are so glad to be here in partnership. Oh, hey, before you go, you know, listening to podcasts on this thing called the internet, it's a wild ride. And what would be so helpful on our wild journey is if you would be so kind to jump on and give us a review. Four, maybe even five stars. It really helps. Thanks for joining us.